the time is nine o'clock and you're listening to chme 106.9 fm Hello and welcome to Tantramar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Thursday, August 24th. On today's show... This was an opportunity for the government to actually seriously consider the safety and um, insecurity of students in our schools and consider the true ramifications of what it was proposing... Education Minister Bill Hogan announced three changes to his department's Policy 713 on Wednesday, and we check in with an Anglophone East District Councillor who sees the announcement as a wasted opportunity. That's coming up shortly, but first, some news and information briefs. The Sackville Street Chalk Art Festival kicks off this Friday afternoon with live music and chalk artists starting at 3 p.m. on Bridge Street. Some programs distributed by the town show the start time at 5 p.m., but that's an error, says Active Living Director Matt Pride. The correct time is 3 p.m. on Friday. Bridge Street between Lorne and Main will be closed starting at 1 p.m. Friday afternoon in order to prepare for the festivities. The street will remain closed until Sunday at noon. There's more information about the Street Chalk Art Festival at Sackville.com. The Friends of Canadian Broadcasting is calling for Canadians to go dark on Facebook and Instagram today in protest of Mega's blocking of all news content for its Canadian users. CHMAFM.com is included in the long list of national, provincial and local news sites blocked by Meta. CHMA called up Sarah Andrews, Director of Government and Media Relations at Friends of Canadian Broadcasting, and asked her about the thinking behind the boycott call. Probably a lot of your listeners have heard about the Online News Act and the fact that in response to this new law, which was designed to ensure that Canadian media receive compensation from online platforms for the work that they do, uh, Meta decided to just simply block uh access to news across the platforms to Canadians. So if you go on Facebook and Instagram, you can't access uh, any news stories. So this boycott is organized in reaction to um, Meta's decision to block news. And what we've been asking Canadians to do yesterday and today is to not post on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And if they can, even choose not to go on the platforms at all. Because as I'm sure people are aware, Uh, Meta monetizes our presence on these platforms. They sell ads against uh, us being there. Uh, I'm sure we've all seen those ads through our Facebook posts and on our Instagram stories. Um, So by not being present on the platforms, we hope that it'll send Meta a message that we won't be pushed around uh, by Meta and that they should reverse course and allow us access to news. Now, you know, depending on where you look, there's various criticisms of what's going on here. So, uh, when you look at the situation, who do you blame for what's happening here? This, you know, how do you see it for, you know, why are Canadians getting their news blocked? Do you see any any fault falling with the Canadian government's uh, Bill C-18? Or do you see it sort of squarely on Meta's shoulders here? Well, I think it's important to, con- to look at other jurisdictions who've done similar legislation. So Australia had uh, has, has a law in place now, and Meta chose to block news in reaction to that as well. They came to an agreement and, you know, Meta and Australia have a a situation that is working for them. Um, California has a law that just came into effect. The U.S. is considering similar legislation. So Canada is not the first country to, you know, work on ensuring that 
media receive compensation for the work that they do from these platforms. And I think it's important to, to note as well that Meta is not the only platform that is targeted by the Online News Act. Um, Google is another platform that is, you know, will be compensating media under this new law. And Google is still in conversation with the government to work out a, a you know, a deal that will work for Google and for the Canadian government. So I really don't understand what Meta's problem is walking away from the table um, and not continuing the conversation with the government. If Google is able to stay, it, it will be up to Meta to kind of explain to us why they can't stay as well. Now, I know that, you know, the Bill C-18, really the details have yet to be worked out about how it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, does Friends of Canadian Broadcasting have sort of a, an ideal version of how you'd like to see this bill work to support journalism and, and news reporting in Canada? I mean, in a, uh, our ideal situation would be growth in, in media in Canada that we see, uh, you know, strong deals for local news, uh, for local radio, for local TV. Um, we, Our goal is to make sure that we have more news. So an ideal outcome from the Online News Act would be growth in the Canadian journalism sector. It would be a reverse of what we've seen for the last 10, 15 years where so many outlets have been shuttering and local newspapers have been shutting down and jobs are, are being lost uh, across the board. So that would be an ideal situation for us. That's Sarah Andrews of the Friends of Canadian Broadcasting, a nonpartisan, non-industry, not-for-profit group that promotes and defends public broadcasting in Canada. You can find out more about the boycott at friends.ca. Now for today's feature story. When teachers call students by name in the classroom, that's a formal use of their name, on par with the use of their name in online records and report cards. That's how Education Minister Bill Hogan has defined the use of student names in a newly revised Policy 713 on sexual orientation and gender identity. Informal use of names, according to Hogan and the Department of Education, happens only in social interactions outside of the classroom. The new definition of formal means that the province's re-revised Policy 713 now explicitly requires teachers to get parental consent before using the preferred name of students aged 15 and younger. Hogan's previous revision appeared to remove the requirement for teachers to use preferred names for students under 16, but it did not restrict them from doing so. That definition lies in contrast to how Kelly Lamrock, the child the province's child and youth advocate, defined the use of names in his report on Policy 713 published last week. Lamrock described informal use of names as including classroom communication, and he contrasted it to official official school use in online records and report cards. Lamrock has heavily criticized Policy 713 for creating rules around the use of names for trans and genderqueer students that do not apply to other groups, In other words, the youth advocate says the policy is discriminatory. Hogan's latest revision includes two other tweaks to the policy, one allowing guidance counselors, psychologists, and social workers to freely use preferred names of students, and another removing the requirement for kids who choose not to inform their parents of their preferred name to seek counseling support in school. Hogan told reporters in a short media scrum on Wednesday that the changes addressed all of the concerns raised in Lamrock's 97-page report on the policy. Anglophone East District Education Council member Kristen Kavukian says that's just not true. I can say that I am deeply, deeply disappointed 
in what the government's response has been to Kelly Lamrock's thoughtful review. You know, this was an opportunity for the government to actually seriously consider the safety and um, insecurity of students in our schools and consider the true ramifications of what it was proposing. Um, and this response seems like a bit of a gotcha move, you know, this sort of clever um, rewording of, you know, formal to now include classroom use. In other words, if formal used to mean um, things like uh, like someone's transcript or report cards having their preferred name on them. And now this newly rewritten uh, document seems to expand the term formal to include classroom use, um, as if that takes care of the problem. So this seems like a very clever move. Aha, we'll just change the meaning of formal. But it's only clever if one takes the people of New Brunswick for fools. Uh, I'm no lawyer, but I somehow doubt that that one would hold up in court because words have meanings. And this government can't single-handedly change the generally accepted meaning of a word. But more importantly, I would say, Erica, that this also does nothing to change the discriminatory aspect of the policy. The whole point of Kelly Lamrock discussing using preferred names in class was that he said, look, if you're going to be able to call someone whose name is Frederick, Freddie in class, because that's what they would prefer, but you won't do this for non-binary and trans folks, then that is discriminatory because you have one rule for people who are not trans or, or non-binary, and you have another rule for those who are. And that's basically the dictionary definition of discrimination. So changing uh, informal to formal does nothing to address that basic problem um, that you know, we use students' nicknames or short forms all the time as a common courtesy in class. We call people what they would like to be called. Um, and so, you know, the uh, the, the kind of clever uh, redefinition re of formal does nothing to change that illegality. On Wednesday, Hogan would not say whether or not provincial lawyers had vetted his revised Policy 713 for potential conflicts with other laws, including the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Instead, he responded to the question this way. So in, in any uh, act that we bring forward, there's always the possibility that parts can be challenged, or any policy that parts can be challenged, and it's, it would be uh, not appropriate for me to presuppose what the courts will judge. The Anglophone East Deck, along with other decks throughout the province, passed a policy in June that effectively brought back some of the original protections in the policy, such as the requirement for teachers to use kids' preferred names regardless of age and parental consent. Minister Hogan said Wednesday that the provincial policy should prevail. Decks uh, have the ability to strengthen uh, a provincial policy if they choose to do so. Uh, my recommendation would be the policy is fine the way it is. However, should they choose to go forward with what they proposed, we'll take it on a district-by-district district basis. Christian Kavukian says that sounds like fighting words. You know, what I think is truly unfortunate is that Minister Hogan admitted publicly that he hadn't read any of the motions put forward by any of the district education councils before he pronounced judgment on them in the media. Um, I find this deeply... Uh, disappointing because, of course, you know, we're in the education business and, you know, w what we do is we read things before we comment on them. Um, I also think that had he had an opportunity to actually read them, he might have um, said something a bit different about them because, in fact, you know, it was Minister Hogan's 
choice to leave Section 8 in the rewritten Policy 713. So, in fact, he was the one who empowered us to add to his motion in the first place. So I find it uh, a little disingenuous that he said what he said in the public and very disappointing that he did so without reading them. As for what our role is and ought to be, I think Kelly Lamrock did all of us a, a big favor in reviewing that legally and, and in, in clarifying that, in fact, district education councils don't only have a role. In fact, we have a duty uh, to ensure that policies that are left vague are clarified for the students and staff and administrators in our districts. Lamrock's report also included a model policy for DEX that would legally enact his recommendations. Kavukian says the Anglophone East DEC has planned a meeting for today to discuss the Lamrock report, and now that agenda will no doubt include Hogan's latest changes. Any further changes to Anglophone East District policies will be made and posted before school begins this year, says Kavukian. One thing I can assure you is that the Anglophone East School District website will have up-to-date information about all of the policies and motions passed by the District Education Council um, before uh, Labor Day, I would assume, and so that we will be able to um, assure people that at least they have the most up-to-date information. Unfortunately, what this government's last move has done has not actually clarified anything to do with what students can expect on the first day. And in fact, I think they've perhaps muddied the waters without giving anyone any reassurance. And again, that's why I say that this is disingenuous and it's deeply disappointing. But as a district education council, we take our role very seriously and we will communicate very clearly uh, with students and parents the decisions that we have taken. That's Anglophone East District Education Council member Kristen Kavukian. And that's it for Tanchamar Report for this Thursday, August 24th. Thanks to the local donors who support the station and the Local Journalism Initiative for funding local news reporting throughout Canada. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. My name is Sean, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. And now the weather. Today, mainly sunny. Fog patches dissipating earlier this morning. High of 23. UV index 6 or high. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 11. Tomorrow, Friday, a mix of sun and cloud, becoming cloudy in the afternoon, wind becoming southwest 20 kilometers an hour near noon, high of 22, UV index 7 or high. Tomorrow night, periods of rain, low 14. Saturday, rain, high of 18. Saturday night, periods of rain, low 15. Tantramar's Town Hall, located at 31C Main Street in Sackville, currently has extended office hours throughout the summer until September 1st. Town Hall will be open Monday to Thursday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Fridays from 8.30 to 4.30 p.m., not including civic holidays. For more information, call 506-364-4930 or visit sackville.com. 
Join us Saturdays at 6pm as we dive into the vibrant world of Amapiano, the genre that's been taking the world by storm all the way from South Africa to your ears right here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sacramento. CHMA is your campus and community radio station and community media hub. Please consider supporting us by becoming a monthly sustainer or making a tax-deductible donation. Visit chmafm.com and click on Donate for more information. You're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, the voice of the marshes. This is Drew, and you're listening to The Morning Show on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. That's right. You're listening to The Morning Show. You're listening to The Morning Show right here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Welcome, welcome. And I'm going to take you right down to 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We are are having a great, great time. So... We're going to dive into some music. We're going to dive into some music. And we're going to have a lovely set by Katie Tupper. Lovely set by Katie Tupper. This is Live Inside. Live Inside by Katie Tupper. Katie Tupper is just an amazing artist, amazing musician, amazing creative. You know, just her songs captivate everything. And yeah, Live Inside by Katie Tupper. Coming up next here on Sage Me 106.9 FM in Second New Brunswick. Can I lay in your clothes tonight? Cause I'm tired of mine. Think they're tired of me. Can I lay in your eyes tonight? Just keep them closed so I stay behind. I don't think you know just how good it felt to take golden heads off your golden head. I think I must be in your mind all day now. Now that I, now that I, now that I live inside, I think I can be your way. Be in your mind all day now. 
and Begonia and before that we had Live Inside by Katie Tupper and talking about our witch prophet memory I had the privilege of meeting her uh, at Sappy Fest at Sappy what it's just an amazing experience like Sappy was just an amazing experience I met all these wonderful artists and yeah they were so great and one wish prophet was one of them and me and Tessa me and Tessa I think she's still on the live I don't know me and Tessa went uh, went to her and had to get like a you know a station ID for our 
for our station for for, for CHMA for this. So we got her in rotation. Uh, we got her saying. Um, you're listening to CHMA on a 6.9 FM. And uh, that was just an amazing experience. And just to talk about her set, her set was amazing. Her songs were just phenomenal. Like her songs were just, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it because you had to be there. You had to be there to experience this, this, this lovely, lovely artist. You know, you just had to be there. But, you know, talking about Sappy, talking about Sappy, Sappy, it's not in our office anymore. So sad so sad yeah that is i don't know man i don't know how to feel some that, that's how i know summer is is finished summer is gone classes start in two weeks classes start in two weeks and i'm just like uh okay um yeah damn but anyway anyway it is fine it is fine let me let me get into some local announcements some local announcements we have the Saifu Legion committee night so the Saifu Legion is pleased to present the two-headed monsters so as part of the Yak Yaks comedy tour comedians Hunter Collins and Nick Button will take stage at the Saifu Legion on Friday September 8th at 8pm to fill your evening with lots of laughs tickets can be purchased online at weberentertainment.ca that's w-e-b-e-r entertainment.ca that's weberentertainment.ca and for more details visit the legion's facebook page at the sacral legion that's the legion's facebook page at the sacral legion so yeah and then we have the fall fair so harvest dinner fundraiser so tickets are now for sale for the sacral farmers market harvest dinner fundraiser taking place on sunday september 24th as part of the 21st annual sacral fall fair this dinner is a celebration of food and community with money raised going towards support for the sacral farmers market throughout the winter season tickets can be purchased online at sacralfarmersmarket.ca that's sacralfarmersmarket.ca on the news page or every saturday from 9 to 12 p.m at the farmer's market that's every saturday from 9 to 12 p.m at the farmer's market so yeah uh, those are my local announcements and we head back into some music coming up is she said by katie tupper she said Ignore it. I'm getting lost in this 
I'd never cut it. She said she knows where I can make a lot of money. 